Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is brought to you by Yumiko. Your favorite dancewear brand has just launched leg warmers, and we can't wait for you to try them. Their leg warmer collection is created with a lightweight layer of the softest Italian merino wool designed to warm up your muscles without adding any of that extra bulk. This ultra fine knit gauge highlights the natural contours of your leg and comes in two colors to perfectly match to your leotards. Be sure to click over to yumiko.com to explore all of the world-class dancewear that they have to offer. This episode is brought to you by the Kennedy Center. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week, we are joined by San Francisco Ballet principal dancer, Sasha DeSola. Born in Winter Park, Florida, Sasha trained at the Kirov Academy of Ballet in Washington, D.C. on a full merit scholarship. In 2004, Ms. DeSola received a scholarship for studies at the Paris Opera Ballet School. At the age of just 17, Sasha joined San Francisco Ballet where she rose through the ranks and was promoted to the rank of principal dancer in 2017. Today, we talk with Sasha from the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., while the company was there last week on tour. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're here at the Kennedy Center while you guys are preparing for your East Coast premiere of Unbound Festival. So we're so glad that you took the time to sit and chat with us today. It's your day off, right? So it, we really appreciate that you uh, still came in just mm-hmm. to chat with us. So oh, thanks for having me. And that me. we're getting to talk to you because we missed you in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> there was limited time. Yeah. Many great people to talk to. So this is yeah. perfect. So catching up a few months later. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning of your dance training. You were born in Florida and you received some of your early training from Orlando Ballet and Orlando Central Florida Ballet. What was your early training like? What technique were you learning? And Well, my earliest training, actually, <laughs> I'd like to say I'm a jazzerina. Uh-huh. <laughs> so my earliest training was tap, jazz, a little bit of ballet for technique. Um but I realized as time went on, I loved the structure and the challenge of ballet class. Mm-hmm. 
So I asked my mom to put me into a more serious ballet school, which is Orlando Ballet. And then consequently, after that, I joined Central Florida Ballet School. Um, and that training was Vaganova-based training, which I feel really lucky that I started off with that because I had a very, very solid foundation, mm-hmm. um, which inspired me later on, now that we're in D.C., it inspired me to... Um, go to the Kirov Academy in Washington, D.C. after that. You know, I wanted to ask, it's funny that you mentioned being a jazz arena. Um, <laughs> and it, it's something that seems to happen a lot with people who make that transition. You're a natural turner. It's something that, that you do well. And, and you know, we, we can all see it on Instagram. We'll, we'll reshare some things. Check it out but on the gram. That's something that um, it seems to be a skill that a lot of people get from a jazz background. <laughs> you know, you have Tyler Peck is yeah. the most notable person that comes to my Mm -hmm. mind Mm -hmm. um but what is it about a jazz training that um like they're just drilling you like spot spot like you're like eight (laughs) years old like how how did how what is it about jazz training that helps you Um, uh, in particular with turns i think there's a level of fearlessness Mm. um that sometimes i found with dancers that only had ballet training they're a little bit especially female dancers Mm -hmm. a little bit fearful of jumps or turns of the Mm quote-unquote tricks Mm -hmm. whereas in jazz i remember so clearly my teacher saying the first person that can do 16 fuetes gets a solo in the group Uh, dance uh and so we i mean worked and worked we were just doing fuetes all day Mm -hmm. all night until one of us i don't even remember who did it Mm -hmm. but somebody did Uh (laughs) um so i think it's just when you're you know six seven years old you're not even worried about the technique or the way you're doing it but there's a level of fearlessness that goes into it Mm -hmm. which then later on hopefully you refine the technique and it's much more um beautiful (laughs) aesthetically beautiful turn but uh yeah i think that's what it might be i don't know (laughs) let's go to the the refinement element of it now because it is like i think that that's something that set you up probably while well, you had this fearlessness and um sort of like a this base of being able to do this virtuoso stuff and then you went back and uh honed your skills at mm-hmm. the Kirov. Mm-hmm. so what um what drew you there in particular you were doing Vaganova training but mm-hmm. uh, what made you say this is the way i want to continue this is the path i want to take well it was a little bit by chance actually so i started ballet when i was 10 and I wanted to go to a summer intensive Mm -hmm. and my mom was just flipping through, I think it was Point Magazine or one of the dance magazines. And there was an ad for the Kirov Academy summer intensive. And that was it. I mean, it was just by chance and I auditioned and I got in and I went and I realized that it was what I have been looking for. It really um, like satiated my need for this, um, structure and very focused type of class. Um, and so I fell in love with it after that. And I just kept returning for the summer intensives until I went, decided finally to go to the year mm-hmm. round. And, and when was that? What, uh, how old were you when you went to the year um, round? 13. 13. So wow. that's actually really young to go away for. Yeah. I feel like uh, people go 15, 16. But mm-hmm. so. What did your parents say? Oh my gosh. Well, they. <laughs> The school wanted me to go when I was 10, uh-huh. the very wow. first year. And <clears throat> I was begging them, but my parents said no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, which I, I'm actually really happy they did because I also had great training in Florida and mm-hmm. it, I, it was good for me to be with my family. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
I think by then I kind of had worn them down. It had mm. been three years of asking to go, yeah. and they finally, you know, made the sacrifice for me, which was yeah. really, yeah, generous. So. Yeah. Did your parents come with you? No, no, no. No, okay. No, 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 no supporting school. Yeah, yeah, but support, yeah. Sacrifice in the sense of they let me yes. go. Yes, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So um, in what ways do you think uh, going when you were 13 versus waiting till you were a junior or senior in high school – uh, affected um, your your training that you being alone at um, that age. Um. Yeah, I think I, I've. Well, first of all, I wouldn't have joined San Francisco Ballet when I did because I joined San Francisco Ballet when I was sixteen, just turn turning mm -hmm. seventeen. So I think that would have changed the trajectory sure. of my career a little bit. But beyond that, I always, when I was a child, I felt much older mm -hmm. than I was yeah. and I was ready to be out in the world. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so it definitely allowed me to kind of grow into this, <laughs> my perceived version of maturity yeah. um, and become very, um, uh, just like know how to take care of myself at a young age right. and how to deal with situations that are uncomfortable as far as like taking a difficult class or, you know, going through small injuries or things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it really helped shape me in that way. And it was a lot of fun too. Yeah. So You mentioned liking the structure of Kirov. I feel like sometimes a lot of people kind of shy away from that because mm -hmm. it's a lot, right? It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So did you feel like because you did have that background of jazz training, maybe you mentioned technique wasn't such a big factor at that point in time that there was a time when you noticed like, I need technique. I need to find that and add it to my training. Yes. I think, um, so I was always a performer mm -hmm. from the youngest age. I mean, I was very shy in my personal life, but on stage I was just like a completely different person. <laughs> um, <laughs> And that always came very naturally to me. But I also, as I started going to like YGP and mm -hmm. things like that, I would notice um, like small technical details that mm -hmm. I felt I could work on and refine and I could become stronger. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yes, that, that definitely played into it, I think. And I was also very lucky to have an incredible teacher there, Ludmilla Morkovina, that really helped also... Um, Helped me hone in on my apoma, which I think is so important for female dancers. And sometimes it gets lost. And I, I feel very, very lucky that I had her as my teacher because she was basically a student of Vaganova herself. So I feel like I had firsthand knowledge. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Were you getting feedback at YGP about your technique or other things that you? Not really. No. Um, I. I mean. <laughs> I, it was more of a, uh, you know, I'm a perfectionist like most dancers. Right. <laughs> um, and it was more of a personal thing of realizing, oh, I want to do this better. I want to be able to do that better. And yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting element that I hadn't really thought about with um, competitions like that. Yeah. It's just being exposed to so many people and seeing, being able to observe like, oh, I might, because a lot of people, sometimes they're maybe their best in the school and mm -hmm. then they think like, oh, I'm at the peak mm -hmm. maybe. And to be exposed to all those people all in one place to be like, oh, there is more. Mm -hmm. I need to work on this and this. That was my favorite part about going to competitions. Yeah. It's just being exposed to different 
students from different types of schools with different strengths and being able to learn from them and then also making friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I love that. So um, let's talk about how you ended up going to San Francisco Ballet and joining yeah. the company. Helgi found you and invited yeah. you to come and take class. Tell us how yeah. all of that went down. So speaking of competitions, I had I was 16 and I had just gone to um, USA IBC in Jackson and Varna mm -hmm. IBC. And so I was on the plane <laughs> landing in Dulles and I got an a call from a 415 number and I didn't recognize that area code. And just by chance, I picked it up mm -hmm. like, hello. And, um, on the other end, it's like, hi, Sasha, this is Helgi Thomason. And I literally like, oh uh -huh. <clears throat> hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he invited me to go take class and I went, um, yeah, probably like two weeks later and, to class and he offered me a job mm -hmm. after that so it was all a whirlwind experience and i wasn't necessarily planning on joining a company at that point um but it i i couldn't say no mm -hmm. i felt yeah. so um fortunate to be offered mm -hmm. this so i yeah I yeah took it. <laughs> did you feel at all I feel like in a moment like that for me, I would have been like, am I ready to join a company yeah. at such a young age? Like, oh, yeah. how did you feel about that? And um, I think this goes back to this fearlessness thing. Mm -hmm. of I definitely had my doubts, mm -hmm. but especially when I was young, I would just go for it. Yeah. I yeah. just, I don't know. You didn't have that fear yet. The fear comes later. Exactly. <laughs> I'm in those blips, I guess. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. mm. So true. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have your eye on any other company at that point in time? Like, what were you thinking about your future? I thought maybe ABT or maybe Europe, maybe Dutch National. Um, but I wasn't so sure in, in any respect. I kind of was just trying to focus on being my best and then I, hopefully things would happen. Right. Um, and of course I, I also had my eye on San Francisco and I, my teacher also trained Vanessa's Horian. So she um, kind of encouraged me to come to San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. So what were those earlier like, you know, you're, you're 16 yeah. going on 17 yeah. <laughs> and the company and uh, were you the youngest one in the company? I would yeah, presume yeah. as much, right? Yeah. Um, and so you just did you just throw yourself into the work like you'd done before and that kind of grounded you or I, were there some moments where you just were like I'm in over my head a little um it was really tough for different reasons than I had expected I think I was so used to being a student so I had my teacher always she always had her eye on me I had mm -hmm. someone kind of looking out for me in that way and then when I joined San Francisco, there's 80 dancers. They, most of them went through the school. They all have their, um, you know, every, everybody already kind of has their, um, I don't know how to say their it, place, like their or, place. Yeah. Exactly. And I felt that I had to find my place mm -hmm. within the company, which was really tough, especially at that age. Um, and I tried to throw myself into the work, but also even joining a, core is really hard i was an apprentice mm -hmm. but you know you do core work and um 
So I was second cast for core work and things like that. So that became something completely new because I'd never really done core work when I was in school. So it was, a, it's the hardest thing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It, it's always, people don't realize how hard it is mm -hmm. to yeah. be in the core. Be in that line. Yeah. Yeah, you have to all of a sudden be in a line. <laughs> yeah. We talk about that a lot too because when you come from, a, most people joining a company again were like maybe some of their best dancers in their school studio that they're coming from. They mm -hmm. were dancing the lead roles. Mm -hmm. But they should be dancing core parts because mm -hmm. that's what they're going to be doing first, not mm -hmm. do drop. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it is like being thrown in. Huge adjustment. Did any of the core members, maybe some of the senior core members help you and guide you? Yeah, a little bit. Maybe the opposite even. <laughs> a little a little bit of both. <laughs> um yeah, a little bit of both. But it it was really good for me. It made me really strong and um malleable. And I think that's a quality that you need to have when you join San Francisco Ballet because mm -hmm. we do such a variety of rep and you need to be open to everything and open to criticism and um, also guidance as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think it's in the end, it's been a positive thing, although it was a challenge at the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what were some of the first opportunities you got um, in terms of? Uh, featured roles within the company? Ah, uh, let me think. <laughs> I think um, one of the first things I remember doing was actually one of Helgi's ballets called Hofner Symphony. And it has a principal couple and then it has three soloist couples. Mm -hmm. And pretty early on, I got to do one of the three soloist couples. Um, and I did a few other things. I think the biggest thing that stands out to me as far as like a major opportunity was also actually in Helgi's ballet called Trio. And he had me learn the principal woman of the first movement. Um, so that and Divertimento, which I also did when I was in the core, the one, the turning girl in Divertimento. Okay. Are you doing that next week? And, I am. Yeah, yeah I'm doing thought. that one yeah. and the, and the ballerina. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun. That's great. Um, how old were you about that time when you first get started getting those opportunities? Uh, like 19, 20. Yeah. Yeah. So you had to do those two years, mm -hmm. two, three years. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> get it going. It was good for me. Yeah, yeah. of yeah. course. <laughs> so how did your promotion to soloist come about in 2012? Um, so we were on tour in London mm -hmm. and I had just done Trio, this this role that of Helgi's. And I was so busy on that tour. I think I was doing, if not every ballet, almost every ballet. And so I finished doing um, the principal role in trio and I run off stage and after the bows and Helgi comes and finds me. I was like, oh, sorry, I have to go. I have to change for the next ballet. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm so sorry, but I only have 10 minutes. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> and he was like, no, no, no. Um, just wait a second. And I was like, okay. Um, and he he basically said, I want you to be our newest soloist. And of course I was really shocked and surprised and excited. I cried a little bit, I'm say, sure. <laughs> and then yeah, I just remember saying, Thank you so much and running away. <laughs> 
and then doing, doing the next ballet. <laughs> and feeling so good in that next ballet. Um, sure. I couldn't really concentrate. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> You're like, actually, I'm a mess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, who, someone, I think, told a story like that. If they got promoted before a performance and then it, they were like, and it was the worst I ever danced. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but a you, little you, bit. <laughs> I, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So when you were in that, moment of just dancing constantly was that something that had crossed your mind like oh maybe this will end up um in a promotion or were you just having to keep blinders on focusing on strictly the work i think yes it did cross my mind because i was working a lot um however i didn't want to focus on that because Mm -hmm. i felt that when I did, it kind of changed my perspective, even the way I danced. I didn't like how I felt when mm-hmm. I thought about that. Um, right. And so I wanted to just focus on my work and just hope that it's recognized. But, you know, also that's really not the goal, mm-hmm. the ultimate goal, I yeah. suppose. Um, so, it, yeah, a bit of both. Mm. in that case yeah so what were some of the specific ballets if you can remember any that led to that promotion were there anything really specific that you felt like oh maybe now it's coming but i don't want to think trio, about it yeah had... a trio divertimento was there anything I was else doing... specific it was those those I've ones definitely stand seen you out. in a pink leotard and somebody in three i did symphony in three but that was after my promotion was after oh, the... yeah okay. yeah um i think i did queen of the dryads mm. You know, I'm not super clear on the timeline of that. <laughs> the timeline but gets I just, blurry. It gets very blurry. <laughs> but I just do remember I was very, very busy. I was doing core roles. I was doing solos roles. And I was doing principal roles. So it was a lot. Um, so how was that transition to soloist? I feel like sometimes soloists sort of miss that core. Sure, yeah. That core work. And suddenly you go from working so much that then you're doing every other show or you know mm-hmm. instead of like every single night being out there how yeah. was that transition for you i feel very lucky that i my schedule never really dropped dropped um so in that sense i didn't really miss it but what i did miss a lot was the camaraderie of mm-hmm. core work mm-hmm. i all of a sudden i started feeling very lonely and I don't know. I had to deal with this period of sadness almost. Um, And it was just an adjustment in that way. But I still was lucky to have a lot of work to kind of dive into. Um, But yeah, it's definitely an interesting transition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you also, are you in a dressing room by yourself or less people? No, with the other solos, but we're not always on the same night. Right. and yeah, so yeah. it's it's definitely a much more um, like introverted type of right. place to be in. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you suffered an injury a few years after your promotion, yeah. and it took you um, quite a while to recover. A year. Um, a year, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So what was that period like for you? Um, Super tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had you dealt with an injury um, before, really? Minor injuries, mm-hmm nothing quite like this one um yeah so actually kind of when i was probably busiest as a soloist um i i was on stage i was a, i think the day before we opened one of our programs and i was doing um shades in Bayadere, one of the, the first solo and i just 
stepped up to Pique Arabesque and I, my foot popped and everybody in the entire house could hear it. It was horrible. Oh, um, no. And I knew I did something bad. <laughs> um, what was odd about that was that I wasn't really struggling with any pain. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it coming at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, what ended up happening was I um, tore my Lis Franc, which then caused bone bruise, a few other things, mm-hmm. but that's approximately the injury. And um, it took a year to get back. I It was... Uh, it was a time when I really took a step back and realized how important this art and this career is to me. I think before then, it's not that I took it for granted, but it was never taken away from me mm-hmm. in such a surprising way. So I realized at that point that I'd never want to have one day where I take it for granted. Right. Um, so yeah, it was a it was tough, but it also allowed me to retrain my body and I think it's actually made me a, a bit better and stronger and hopefully have a better a more level head. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it is amazing how all that PT can really make you stronger and right? <laughs> make yeah. you a different dancer. Yeah. 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 Well, what's the the quote retraining process, if you will? Did you uh, yeah. bring in new things that you hadn't done? Maybe gyro or Pilates or things yeah, like that? I did all of those things. Well, I used to do <clears throat> Pilates, but I did some gyro um, and then I saw some, some PTs. Mm-hmm. But actually the most beneficial thing was doing it for myself, believe it or not. I think when I would go see people, they would advise me. And then I finally realized I know what I'm feeling most. I know my body best. And it, at least in my case, which is not true for everybody, of course, but in my case, I think when I took charge of my own recovery is when I really was finally able to fully recover. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the way that looked basically was just retraining from the bar mm-hmm. is just taking ballet class. It wasn't even exercises. It was fully proper ballet class. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, adjusted some things in my diet. Like I take collagen now all the time for my ligaments and tendons and things like that. Mm-hmm. So now I'm curious because <laughs> you had this long period off mm-hmm. and we've talked about how your fearlessness was driving you through much of your career. Mm-hmm. Did that, were you able to maintain that even though you had had that long time off? What, did, what was that? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. You, you came back and what was, say, the, the first show like? Oh, I just remember thinking, just don't hurt yourself. Mm. That's that, a real yeah, problem. Yeah. I was so nervous. Um, and I remember also thinking, I can't believe I used to do this all the time. How did I do this? Mm-hmm. This is such an intense feeling. Um. And I never would get nervous to get on stage. Like I loved getting on stage. So yeah. it was a very foreign feeling. Um, but I I think I overcame that with a bit of like <laughs> working on self-love and um, trying to – so now – at times I'll meditate before performances. I use visualization techniques a lot. Um, 
or even just my music playlist, Mm -hmm. you know, different things help me get through that. And now I I really have overcome that quite a bit. But Mm -hmm. at first it was really, really tough to get back on stage. Did you have anyone help you with that kind of program you're talking about meditating, visualization, or did you kind of just... Uh, that was kind of no. Yeah, I just kind of winged it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people always share those tips yeah, too. Like yeah. people have told me about visualization mm-hmm. too. It's so helpful. It is very helpful. Yeah, it's yeah. really amazing because then yeah. in your mind you think like I've already done this ballet. Yeah, exactly. On that stage in that exactly. moment. Exactly. <laughs> what were the uh, rep choices that you had leading up to it? Was it was the the first thing you did? Was it kind of less than maybe you would normally do? Obviously, you did a lot yeah. of like pyrotechnical stuff before yeah and so is this like okay i'm okay the first ballet i'm doing is x or was it just like oh you're back in (laughs) (laughs) um uh somewhere in the middle i think my the first thing i did was blue girl in dances at a gathering that's chill enough exactly (laughs) you can get so like i did some ton and a lot of running (laughs) but also a lot of adagio Mm -hmm. and um yeah not too bad yeah um, by the time I had to do something harder, you see, I have this tendency to kind of forget things that I don't like. So Black <laughs> <I> don't, it <laughs> out. that's fine. That's good. Yeah, I don't, don't really remember, remember exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I don't remember exactly what the timeline was or what I was doing, but I do remember doing blue girl. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I think that was the first thing I did back. That feels like a safe space. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's it was, beautiful ballet. The it's not music <laughs> is so beautiful. Yeah. It yeah. yeah, it's there's like a camaraderie on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So then, was it a couple of years later, and then you were promoted to principal? No, so I came back in February of 2016, and then Helgi told me he was promoting me in December of 2016. So what was that like? Yeah, that's a real whirlwind. You just yeah. went through, you know, the most trying part of your yeah. career and then things obviously came back together very quickly to a point where you get to reach the pinnacle of your career yeah i now that i'm saying that out loud i, th- I don't think i really realized that until just mm. now oh, so um, <laughs> but yes it was i mean obviously very exciting because it was something that i had hoped for you know mm-hmm. i guess my whole life mm-hmm. um but i because I, w- I had such a different perspective on my career, I also, um, I don't know, this is maybe a little cheesy, but I just felt so much gratitude it's to cheesy. be in this position and that I was lucky enough to recover and then also to be recognized for all the hard times that I went through, also all the work to get me back to hopefully a really good space. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> how did that promotion go down did you have in between five minutes running Almost, away yeah. <laughs> yeah he likes to surprise me um, <laughs> so we were doing um nutcracker and my i was supposed to do snowpaw for the matinee show i think and my partner was sick and the other partner that i had was also not doing well and so he suggested somebody else and he was like yeah but you won't have you know you'll only have five minutes to you won't have time to rehearse Uh 
And I was like, oh, it's fine. I think it'll be fine. We'll just work a little bit up in the studio. It should be yeah. fine. He's yeah. like, are you sure? Are you sure that's okay? I was like, yeah, it's fine. Wanna I mean, also, yeah, <laughs> but I was like, but also if you'd rather put somebody else in, I'm absolutely fine with sure. that. He's like, no, you have to do your show. And so You're I was like, like okay. okay, yeah, sure. I, I'm happy to do the show mm. as well. <laughs> um, and then he was like, so are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Don't worry. <laughs> and then he was like, okay. Well, I have a little Christmas present for you because it was right before Christmas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, he's, and he said he was going to make me a principal starting in January 1st. So that's how that happened. Oh. <laughs> I also cried then. I bet. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> wow. That's so sweet. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it fun and special, yeah. those memories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to ask him about that today when we talk to him. <laughs> Why do you like to have fun with promotions? <laughs> it's probably like the best part yeah. of his job is getting maybe, to yeah. tell dancers that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, would think. I think. Right? Yeah. It would yeah. for me. It would be my yeah. favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about what what you're doing here. Yeah. What's brought you? Yeah. So um, the Unbound Festival mm -hmm. that happened in April. Um, that was twelve new works over the course of less than two weeks. Right. How many? Um, two weeks. Four yeah. programs. Mm -hmm. Um. It was a huge undertaking. So um, firstly, which ballets were you in? Whose ballets did you perform in? So I performed in Trey McIntyre's Your Flesh Shall Be a Great Poem. I did Christopher Wielden's Bound 2. So those two I will be performing here. Mm -hmm. um, I also did a piece by Stanton Welsh called Bespoke. Bespoke. And uh, Dwight Roden's piece called Let's Begin at the End. So you were in a third of the ballets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what was that process like trying to juggle everyone at the same time? They all have different voices. They all have different aesthetics and styles. Yeah. Um, how did you find your way from ballet to ballet? Um, you know, we work in a very um, almost like fragmented way on a regular basis in San Francisco because we do so many mm -hmm. different types of things. Um, and our season is so condensed. But this was different because we had the choreographers actually there. So right. we had two hours a day with each one. And so the poor person who had the <laughs> 4.30 to 6.30 time frame, like the Graveyard last shift. Up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we would all show up just like skeletons and just do our best. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're human after all. Um, <laughs> but I think... It's just uh, a matter of focusing on the task at hand mm -hmm. um, and doing the best you can and trying to understand and implement their aesthetic and their style and their desires for their ballet. Um, and then almost just letting that go completely mm -hmm. when you move into the next rehearsal. Mm -hmm. Right. It's so great that the Kennedy Center is able to bring some of these works here it for their is. East Coast premiere. Yeah. Um, what are you most looking forward to the audience getting to experience from this little taste of the Unbound Festival? Oh my gosh. I think, um, I I feel really proud of the company um, throughout this entire Unbound Festival. I think we have such a wide variety of dancers that can do so many different types of work and I just am excited for people to see that and kind of see where ballet is now and maybe where it might be heading and 
kind of share our little West Coast interpretation of, yeah. of ballet? Because I think we do kind of have a slightly different feel than mm -hmm. some some other companies on the East Coast or even in Europe. Yeah, so. yeah, I love that. We are at the final portion of our interview, okay. which we call our lightning round, where we just kind of fire off a few short questions and you can answer whatever um, pops good. into your mind. So, uh, what's your what, what's your <laughs> what's your favorite role to dance? Oh, okay. Um, I at the moment it Aurora because mm -hmm. I just danced that last season. It was a dream role my entire entire life. So I would have to say that. Um, but we'll see. That might change after this season. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your dream role that you've not yet gotten a chance to dance? Uh, I have. Way too many. You can share them. Um, share a few of them. Okay. So <laughs> I think actually something that hopefully I'll get to dance as long as I stay healthy is um, the principal in etudes, which mm. I've always wanted to do that. It's so challenging and so fun. Um, I also love Jerome Robbins Ballet's um, Afternoon of a Fawn. Oh, yeah. Chai Paw, Balanchine. Um, and then beyond that, I think I'd really love to do um, Juliet and Tatiana in Onegin. Mm -hmm. You're hitting all the marks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have get too a many. Slice of each. <laughs> yeah, to, no, it's hard good. to narrow it down. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> We always give everyone multiple yeah. options. It's yeah. really rare that someone's just like, Odette, bye, that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we want it all. Um, what is the most important lesson you learned during your injury? Um, I wouldn't say I learned this during my injury, but it was almost solidified. Uh, two things. One, gratitude. Two, perseverance. Great. Uh, favorite aspect about touring to the Kennedy Center, which is really fun because <gasps> yes. you went to school in Washington, D.C. Again, more than one answer. Um, <laughs> one being it feels almost like a homecoming. I love coming to D.C. I used to come see shows here when I was in school. So it's yeah. incredible to just be on the other side of the curtain. Um, that's number one. Number two is coming to this incredible city and sharing our art with a different type of audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what ballet are you most looking forward to in SF's upcoming season? Oh, I can't answer that. That's can pick too many. Too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, well, hmm. I'm kind of excited to just do a Sleeping Beauty again, mm -hmm. just to kind of refine what what I did last year. And... It's really hard to choose. I think, aside from that, I'm looking forward to John Newmeyer's Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a different way to work. Mm -hmm. It's not... I, I love um, acting roles, mm -hmm. um, so I think it's going to be satisfying in that way. And I'm looking forward to working with John because he's such a sensitive person. Mm -hmm. Um and then aside from that, etudes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Do you know the casting for that yet? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We've, yeah. We've, we've done some rehearsals. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> We're calling for you. <laughs> well, thank you, thank so, you so much. much. It was so fun. Great thank that we finally got to chat and yeah. um, can't wait to share with everyone. Yeah. Thank Word you. for the weekend. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week. We are excited to announce that you can now listen to Conversations on Dance on Spotify, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or through our website at conversationsondancepod.com. Subscribe now to receive notifications of new episodes. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Conversations on Dance. See you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 